0: Hey, Greg. Hey. I want to make a movie with two of the most bankable stars in the world. All right. Action star Jean-Claude Van Damme. Into it. And amazing character actor Raul Julia. Into it, yeah. And I want to make a video game movie based on Street Fighter starring him. Okay. I have some notes. (laughs) Welcome to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. I am uh, fill-in host Scotty Bourgeois. Colin is off doing Colin things, as he sometimes is wont to do. I'm joined, as always, by the immeasurable Greg Beaver. Hello. And uh, we are joined today by guests from the Press Start to Join podcast, uh, Alan and Josh. Hello. Hi. And uh, yeah, we decided to uh, take a stab this week, uh, joined as we are by a couple of nerds who love video games, sure. uh, to do a video game movie and try to fix it up. And we chose that 1994 Hallmark Street Fighter, a
1: blockbuster
0: if there ever was one.
1: It's true. <laughs> I never see. I never seen it until this. Really? Yeah. You had never. See, I remember
0: seeing it in the theater. I saw it yeah. Mortal
1: Kombat in the theater three times. <laughs> never saw this ever. Fair enough. Is
0: that because you were more of a Mortal Kombat person than a Street Fighter person? Yes. Fair enough. I just completely missed it for no real reason. <laughs> Fair enough,
2: <laughs> Greg. We, uh, oh yeah, I watched it in the theater, uh, much to my own disappointment. <laughs> Oof. Uh, it was it was slightly slightly worse experience than, uh, or maybe a slightly better experience than Mortal Kombat: Annihilation, which is probably the worst video game movie that I've ever seen. Yeah, in the that's theater. real bad. Although Assassin's Creed is pretty close to one of the worst uh, video game movies I've seen. Did not see it.
0: Alone in the
1: Dark was weird. That's one of the Uwe Boll yeah. ones.
0: Yeah, they're kind of off in their own little genre, yeah. really. If you yeah. don't like it, just fight him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he will fight you if you don't like his mm-hmm. movies. That's very true. Uh, one person who won't fight you necessarily if you don't like his movies is uh, writer-director Stephen E. D'Souza, who is responsible for this beautiful, glorious mess. Um and he actually is a fairly renowned scriptwriter. He has a couple really good movies under his belt, like Die Hard. Oh, wow. Which some people are probably familiar with. Die Hard 2, which, which uh, we're we definitely familiar with. Just recently we... <laughs> did. Uh, yeah. The Running Man, which is absolutely a, a cult classic. Uh, and then, you know, some other movies like Flintstones and Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. So oh, so he, so he did try that. he did try a, he, a second time to That's do true. the video game thing. Uh this was his first and last major motion picture as director. This was his big shot in the director's chair and uh
3: wow. It happened. <laughs> it did happen and it
0: happened so much that he was not
3: given a director. Well nobody can job say he did he
2: didn't direct a major motion picture yeah. at least, right?
3: <laughs> he started with his masterwork. He had nowhere to go but down so he just left the game. <laughs> Uh, the movie had a
0: production budget of $35 million. Uh, it made thirty-three point four domestically, but made ninety-nine point four million
2: internationally. So this movie so was technically a
0: moneymaker. Yeah, hmm. it uh, did pretty well overseas. Uh, as we mentioned, it was starring Jean-Claude Van Damme as uh, all-American hero Guile, the most famous Belgian martial artist in the world. <laughs> I'm not a
1: fan of him. Uh, <sighs> not sorry, fan. You're
0: not a fan of Jean-Claude in general? No. Fair enough. He was having it's some... hard target. He was having some problems uh, <laughs> yes. behind the scenes at the time. Oh. Raul Julia also having some problems behind the scenes at the yeah. time. He was suffering from stomach cancer during the filming oh. and uh, actually died uh, two months before the film came out. So this was his final posthumous
1: theatrical performance. The end credits say, via Codios Raul. Um, he, he
0: actually took the part at the request of his two kids who were both fans of the video game. And he That'll was plug. like, okay, we'll have some fun. Um, and... Uh, He came into the movie real sickly and they were like, oh, we need to fatten up Raul Julia for this film. And so that ended up flipping the production schedule and they ended up having to do all the like heavy action sequences first Hmm. and all of the stuff with him later. And that meant that they had no time to prepare the actors for all the fight scenes and the stunt choreography. And the stunt director was furious (laughs) because normally he would take months to work with these people and actually he was
2: reportedly rehearsing some of the actors for their fight scene hours before they got the call wow
0: and uh, you can tell (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of I noticed a lot of really fast cuts and such during the action scenes. There, there is one.
2: There is one. Um, the the one fight that Cammy is in, in which Kylie and Mo- Minogue is fighting, and there's like a there's like a f- uh, a big flip that she does to she break gets his up.
1: neck with her thighs. Yeah, she gets yeah. up and
2: then tries to flip over, and it's and it's so
3: slow. <laughs> And it's shot very wide, so you get to experience the slowness <laughs> yeah. of the move perfectly. <laughs> well, and my, my favorite thing with that move is so she jumps up, breaks his neck with her thighs, flips him over. He's still struggling, and then punches him. And it's like, but his neck was broken, and how does... Mm. <laughs> well, it might have just broken his bone, I guess.
2: We don't know how his, his spine did. Yeah, it could endeavor. have been his jaw. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't
0: know. Uh, Capcom did have a part in the making of this movie. They co-financed the film, and um, because it's their IP, they had the final say on basically everything. And uh, apparently kept asking for more as the production was going. He D'Souza initially
2: did not want all 12 characters uh, from yeah. Street Fighter in this movie. I can he, see why. I agree. He reportedly uh, got the producers into a room and asked them how many of the seven dwarves can you name? And nobody can name all the seven dwarves. And he said, well, that's because the audiences only have so much room in their brain Mm -hmm. for characters that they can track. Uh, So they agreed to that in that meeting, and he thought, great, perfect, I I can limit the characters. And then afterwards, Capcom kept calling back and saying, add this character, add this character, add this character, Uh, so much so that they even (laughs) actually added a character whole cloth yeah, the, uh, the, the Lieutenant Swada is it? Or Captain Swada? Yeah, Swata? Captain
0: Suada. Oh, he, yeah. uh, he
2: was an action star in, in Japan, I believe, and Capcom really wanted him in the movie, and initially they wanted him to play Ryu. Oh. Uh, but he didn't speak any English, and D'Souza wanted um, the Ryu character to be funny because he's such a funny guy in the, in the game, so that makes total sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So they decided to create this Swada character out of whole cloth,
0: Just Um, so that he had a part to play. Yeah, yeah.
2: and he has, I'm sure, 30 seconds worth of
3: screen time.
0: Yeah, and he is the only character in the movie who is dubbed.
3: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of weird, some of his lines. I'm like, that's not right. And mm, Uh,
0: and Kylie Minogue only got cast as Cammy because uh, they were shooting in Australia, and the Australian Actors Guild basically twisted D'Souza's arm to Mm. hire an Australian actress.
3: Yeah. Hmm, and she
0: what, was literally a last minute casting decision. Uh, the story goes that he saw her on the cover of a magazine while he was flying to Australia to begin <laughs> shooting and was like, there's my cami. And they called her and had her cast like in the day. Part that's- of the
2: reason for that, too, is because she was a soap opera actress before. So he, cause it, because he was casting it so late, he needed someone who could learn lines real fast.
1: Oh, yeah. That story that's- sounds like a movie. Like the movie I, in I would like to see the, on the yeah. flight. I would like, like legitimately to see the movie of... <laughs> of the making of this movie.
3: Yes. Cause that is a great story. Yeah. The disaster artist, but for street fighter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will, I will say right off the top that knowing the troubled production that this movie went under, I am surprised at how coherent it is. Mm. I didn't say it was a good story, <laughs> yeah. but it is a coherent story. And that's kind of impressive considering just... I guess it's
2: coherent in the sense that, like, there's almost nothing to it. (laughs) So, like, yeah, it's just like Ryu can... What are they in this? They're, like, Gunrunners or something like that? I don't know. Which is, right off the bat, is a very strange choice. But, like, I guess, like, the whole movie is essentially... It was sort of, like, their journey and then sort of, like... Van Dam is punched in there a couple times,
1: <laughs> but he's done like, he, yeah. That, who is the protagonist of this movie? It feels like it's Van Dam. It's supposed. It's very clearly. It's, it's
2: very clearly indicated that he's mm-hmm. the protagonist because he obvi- he gets the big. Uh, he's the, he's the first good guy you see, essentially flexing on TV for flexing, yeah. <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Uh, And he gets the big fight at the end, but really the characters that actually have arcs are Ken and
0: Ryu. They're the ones who learn lessons, and arguably Chun Li as well.
3: Oh yes, yeah. It it definitely feels like Chun Li had some like cut scenes that were establishing what she's doing between some of the big set pieces they have for her in the movie.
0: Also, I was surprised that uh, Agents of Shields Melinda May was in this movie. I had totally forgotten. Melinda Wen is great. Yeah, she is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say that like when I was tripping up there quite a bit. Uh the reason that I was tripping up is cuz I was trying to agree with you that this is a simple plot and then I couldn't remember what the plot <laughs> was. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I feel that's be- I feel like that's because I really didn't totally understand what was happening most of the time during this movie. I don't. Oh, I don't best. know if I totally agree. Now, on, upon reflection, that it's really it's really simple. I just feel like, like I thought to myself uh, a couple uh, yesterday. It's like you know, this movie is remarkable for having so much sort of technically happening on screen, but so little actually happening.
0: Yeah, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. There's a there's a whole lot of stuff happening, but it's kind of meaningless. Yeah. in some cases. Like, yeah,
2: like where does like what does Chun-Li's story have to do with the overall plot? Well, or how a, is it, or how does it advance the whole
0: plot? It's an excuse to get her into the plot. It's not really Yeah, yeah, and, yeah and that's essential. essentially,
3: that's almost every character. Basically. Pretty much, yeah. It's just, yeah, they, they were like, okay, well, we want Chun-Li, and if we do that, we can get Balrog and, I guess, E. Honda? I don't know, sure. Just shovel harder. He's flying <laughs> now? For some reason. Whatever. Maybe because
0: they already had a couple... <laughs> Japanese characters wanted to make it a little more, but eh, Hawaii is America and you've got guile. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's weird decisions from yeah. top to
2: bottom. That might've been sort of like just in the casting, like that's the, fair. the best, the best actor. It, it might've been that they couldn't find, uh, like a, like
1: a sumo guy that could mm. also act. So they, you know, they tried to find the next best thing. Well, like WWE had Hawaiians playing Japanese, like Yokozuna. That's a wrestler. I think. Was oh, he Hawaiian? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I honestly hmm. didn't know that either.
2: But uh, well, at least they made the at least they made the switch for him. They didn't try and pass him off as a Japanese yeah. person.
0: They at least they were like, he's Hawaiian. Sure, yeah. why not? Um, this might also be a, a casualty of Capcom calling during production and being like, yeah, you should probably add yeah. in uh, Cammy, and yeah, you should probably add in, uh, Balrog. And yeah, probably add in uh, Balrog, and yeah, you should probably add in Vega, and them having to, like, okay, well, now we need to find a reason to have this character in there. Okay, now now we need to have a reason to have this character in there. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that in the rewriting process, that's why a lot of <laughs> the characters seem kind of like, eh, yeah, you have an excuse to be here, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it w- would have been so simple to do that if they would have just done, like, a
2: tournament movie. Maybe you could fit all yeah. sorts of characters mm-hmm. into a tournament well, movie and- rather than having to tr- find convoluted reasons for all these characters to stick in there.
0: And legend holds that uh, they decided... Explicitly not to do that. Correct. He wanted to do like a kind of a James Bond spy action movie.
1: Those elements he, exist. He also
2: <laughs> said it was like. What, didn't you say it was a cross be, between Star Wars as well? Star Wars, James Bond, and something
0: else. Sure, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> and uh, when I mean the video game is called Street Fighter. It's about a. It's about a martial arts tournament. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I would argue that they they used that to some success in the Mortal Kombat movie, which I think the first one's pretty good, all things considered. Uh, And yeah, there's no actual real street fighting in this. They actually
2: specifically mentioned getting off the
1: street to fight (laughs) at one point to a cage. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's about the closest to the, to the game as you, as you get, I guess that. And I guess the, the final fight between Guile and Bison Mm -hmm. is kind of feel street fighter-y, but yeah, you get one fight at the beginning and then and then one at the end, and that's kind of it for the the stuff that feels
0: authentically Street Fighter. I also like that Ryu gets to almost kind of throw a
3: single fireball in the movie if you squint. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a, there was a weak Hadoken and a weak Shoryuken. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that oh that spinning uppercut Shoryuken was. And I think he did definitely a, a thing. It, a box <laughs> they were they were the... supposed to add effects.
2: Really? They, he, he couldn't lock the film down in time to send it over to the effects company because uh, they were so tight to the deadline. Because D'Souza started writing this in January, and it was released December 24th, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, that's an insane amount of time to, uh, to uh, uh, film a movie. Like Go from no script, which he, he said he wrote overnight right before he uh, met with Capcom,
1: which oh, I wow. totally believe oof. that that's what happened. Well, at
0: least the, the first draft, certainly.
1: Yeah, I th- I thought I mean, it was neat. The uh, the bison costume had its own credit. So, oh, I was, yeah, I saw that, too. So I was like, why does it have its own credit? That's, that's, so I looked <laughs> I looked up the designer, Marilyn Vance. She won an, an Oscar in 1988 for best costumes for the Untouchables. And she's also got recognition for Pretty Woman, the Rocketeer and Mystery Men. Nice. So, so she, she, was like a, cool she was costumes. like a big name. That's why she got her own credit, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the Rocketeer is a sweet costume, mm-hmm. too. And she didn't touch the rest of the movie, which
2: is like <laughs> good.
1: Probably for the
2: best. Yeah,
3: that's probably why
2: everyone else just looks like they're wearing loincloths or. Yeah. You know. Well,
3: yeah, you get you T get Hawk with his one scene, just the white dude with a beaded headband <laughs> for some reason. Because, sure, that's Thunderhawk. Why not? That's when he got the call.
1: Add Thunderhawk. Yeah. Oh. T Hawk had been.
3: T Hawk
2: literally the only, like all he gets is some eighty yard lines. Yeah, yep. that's it. Because I don't think he ever speaks. Actually speaks on screen, and yep. and they and they talk to him for almost no reason. I, just, I guess Capcom was just like ram jam him in there yeah. too.
0: <laughs> Mister Black.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it's. Uh, it's definitely a thing that uh, they start out in like reasonable clothes and then over the course of the movie, uh, everyone starts getting into their uniforms uniforms from the game, yeah. often with no explanation mm-hmm. or in really like hackneyed fashion.
2: Yeah, why were Ken and Ryu wearing
3: geese at the end? Where did well, that come- because they got- that's that's the official mm-hmm. training clothing of the Bison Troopers. Yeah. Which just happens to be the gi in the correct colors for you and (laughs) Cammy. The red is like,
1: okay, they're all wearing red. And then white is because athletes. (laughs) Uh,
0: I don't know why uh, T-Hawk and Cammy go from we're in like full, like military gear ready to go into a combat situation to, oh, we've also just taken off our shirts. Yeah, our vests. and And our vests. And now we're in our ridiculous Street Fighter out cosplay. It's just...
3: And it's even worse with T-Hawk because, okay, Cammy and Guile, sure, they take off their shirts and and tactical vests and everything for some reason. But then T-Hawk gets a leather vest and some beads and where? Where did this come from? (laughs) It's
1: very strange. And gloves are super inconsistent. If you're looking at Bison, he'll suddenly have no gauntlets and then Ryu and Ken enter with gloves. Middle of the scene, no gloves. End of the scene, exit with gloves. It's just...
3: Superconducting electromagnetism, Josh, <laughs> yeah. like the
1: bullet train.
2: <laughs> I think all of this essentially leads to sort of like a, a mass confusion for the audience in 1994. Because, yeah. you know, if you were a Street Fighter fan in 1994 and you go see this movie, and you're like, "What is this? This isn't this isn't anything like the game." There's like the 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 character, like the main character, isn't even correct. Right, mm-hmm. which is weird that that was Capcom's decision to go with Kyle and not Ryu and Ken.
1: America sells. Japan loves America, but like also I...
0: Ryu, it's pronounced Ryu. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, <laughs> someone on set apparently couldn't say Ryu to save his life, and so they were just like fine to say Ryu, and that's was consistent through the movie and has now permeated the pop culture, and a lot of people and, just call him Ryu now. And
1: Oof. and I think Sagat's eye patch flip changed. The consistency in the game sort of flip flop on which side his eyes on. Yeah. Ugh. Well,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> that's just because they only want to draw one sprite, mm. right? Like his technically, oh, his, technically the angle of his scar changes too, right? Mm-hmm. When he moves, yeah. th- when he goes to the opposite side. But it like when I was reading the Wikipedia for this, and Wikipedia claims that Steven D- D'Souza said that he was a fan of the of Street Fighter. And I was like, "Which part were you a fan yeah. of? Because it wasn't the globe trotting. Maybe it wasn't. It wasn't, it the wasn't straight straight fiery fighting. special moves. He it owned the cabinet.
1: Liked the money he got from
3: it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I, on further reading, he said that he, you know, his kids really liked it and they wanted him to do it. Um, so maybe there's some merit to that. And I, I did find out later that he did want to. He did want to enter. He did want the super moves in in the in the movie." But the the stunt guy wouldn't do them. Why he couldn't? He didn't have control over it because they were they were so packed for time and they were running so late that he start he he gave the stunt coordinator uh, second unit director duty and he was just doing all the fights by himself and he and he didn't know until later when he was looking uh, at the developed film because he was shot up film <laughs> you know that uh, he wasn't doing any of the super moves he was just doing whatever he
3: wanted. I mean, you did see like a uh, hundred palms or thousand palms from E Honda, and kind. Yeah. I mean, like it. There's there's a blurred hand, and then the camera cuts a few times. That's. Kyle Guile, Guile
2: does do his kick, like
3: his his yeah. backflip
2: kick. I mm-hmm. guess. Yep. So at least that's it. Oh, and he does
1: the punch where he flexes after. Isn't that a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they, zoom, they zoom in on the bicep. Is that his I thought, is I that, it is was like, body double? Is that one of his victory poses? Maybe. Oh, maybe.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Guile's a stupid character. I didn't like him in the game and I don't like
3: him in this movie. Jean-Claude Van Damme needed to have like more flat top.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay,
3: here's here's my idea. Jean-Claude Van Damme, great. Yes. Jake Busey. I mean, he's got he's got that gigantic <laughs> Busey smile that just seems perfect for Guile. <laughs> now, would the would
2: the <laughs> Would the uh, set be crazier with Jake Busey on it or less crazy? Uh, and in and my favorite thing,
3: you can actually find pictures of Jake Busey online with a gigantic flared-out flat top just like Guile for wow. some reason. Like, it's not even related. And I like, love it.
2: Well, should I, we get some... I'd do that, yeah, sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I it's a great idea. Should we get what we,
2: uh, we want to keep and cut in this one? Sure. Who wants to go first? Uh, well keeping stuff i like i kind of want to keep Raul Julia's bison even though i kind of do well he's, perfect. He, he's i don't know i think he's kind of miscast i kind of think of him like i guess i think of i in at the time uh that this movie was made um street or uh, bison was definitely a lankier character mm-hmm. in the video games he wasn't he wasn't quite as as muscle-bound and hulking as yeah. he is now but I kind of like that version of Bison better. the the Like the really imposing, crazy,
0: muscly dude. Uh, Raul Julia, I I would agree on that point. I think that he was miscast. And I say that with the asterisk that he is the best part of this movie. Yeah, yeah for because sure. Because he is... He's crushing it and he's he a total is, pro. He is just devouring the scenery. He is hoovering it up.
1: And is the reason the movie is probably as... Good as it is, more people that played villains in this went. Oh, I'm a bad guy. I'll just go all out, and then the good guys were pulling back a lot. And I think that's why the movie's weak when it's like back at the army base.
2: Well, I, it, p- part of that might be because most of the people who played heroes were not um, particularly skilled actors. Oh, mm-hmm. and that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry, people who are in this movie, but like, I mean, Van Dam is not. A great actor, he's especially in the in the nineties, and especially when he's very clearly coked out in this movie. And <laughs> yeah. You can tell when you're watching it; like he's not all there, not at all.
0: Yeah, no.
2: I'd also keep the Guile speech. Uh, the
0: speech he gives at the army
2: base after yeah, he gets fired—that's pretty good. I mean, uh, that whole scene is like set up really dumb. It, like most of the in, most of the movie. And like, it sets up a problem at the beginning of the scene to be solved at the end of the scene, mm-hmm. and that happens, like, all the time, and it's just, like, that part sort of annoyed me, but I did like the speech, I thought it was it was pretty good.
3: Yeah, the, the triggering incident for the speech, though, the, the little wienery A.N. official <laughs> coming in, and they're like, oh, suck it, nerd, we're gonna go fight anyway, see <laughs> ya, <you>, bro, <brerl, laughs> off of in our speedboats! Which, his name
1: is on, his name is on the <laughs> special... Boat they had made with all the stealth technology, and it says Corporal or whatever Guile yeah. on the side of the boat. He had his name put on it.
2: They, they just—you well, would, you definitely want to label your stealth boat, <laughs> yeah.
3: right? It's a vanity stealth boat. <laughs> <laughs> But just, they tried so hard to get like an English guy in a suit with little round glasses to be like, no, you can't fight. Go away, God. you can't fight for us. And he's like, no, suck it, nerds. I'm a bureaucrat. Like, if you're going to have a
2: bureaucrat, like, you got to at least introduce him earlier in the movie. Yeah. 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 Like, that came, it just come everything in this movie just sort of comes out of nowhere for yeah. me. And that's what
1: really bugs me about it. When the limo with flags came up, I'm like, is the president of the country they're in there? Or, oh, wait, no, just. <laughs> Some guy. And, okay. Some Diplomat from the Allied Nations.
3: Uh, what about you guys? What would you keep for this movie? First thing on my list is absolutely uh, M. Bison's big 48 TV big screen grid. Yes. <laughs> that that thing, it's beautiful. It's glorious. It's perfect. Don't change a thing. He's got a great supervillain lair. <laughs> yeah, actually. I know. Just like from doesn't top it, to bottom, it's fantastic. It,
2: doesn't it explode like an enormous pack of dynamite at the end of Oh, yeah. It <laughs> it, he was
0: a load-bearing boss. <laughs> and when he got beaten, the entire building collapsed.
3: That's how it works. <laughs> he has a hostage pit. He doesn't have prison cells. He has a pit that he throws people into, and the top just kind of closes. Yeah. <laughs> I it's wrote a beautiful.
1: note. That there was an argument between that because they called it two different things. Uh, of course, I can't find it now.
3: Yeah, it was hostage pit, and then someone referred to it as like hostage tank or some chamber, <laughs> chamber. I don't, yeah, something like
2: that. I think it's what amused me about that bit about the the hostage tank is that there was a, there was the, uh, a voiceover that said. Uh, Hostage, <laughs> yeah. hostage pit opening. Stand clear. Hostage pit opening. Stand clear. Oh, and I thought yeah. I thought that what what amused me about that is like is like presumably in this world there was like there's someone who's sitting
0: on a microphone somewhere <laughs>
2: announcing <laughs> when just waiting for the hostage pit to open up so they can announce it to M Bison. Also,
0: I. I will commend M Bison and his entire organization for their OSHA compliance. Oh yeah, like there is a loud booming voice mm-hmm. telling you to stand clear of the pit as it opens. I mean <laughs> there's that's, lights yeah. Uh, there's like safety barricades. like that's that is a boss who cares about his underlings right there. And uh, I just I just appreciate that little it's a little touch that adds some character to the whole thing. <laughs> or it totally undermines his character because he, at the beginning
2: of the movie he's just snapping necks left, right and center, but he does he, he but he still cares, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, about his people. <laughs> yeah. He sees himself as a benevolent overlord, as a as a, a caring father figure. I mean that that definitely comes through. He's insane, but that's how he sees himself the yeah, world would true. be better with him ruling it it's the mm-hmm. same it's the same motivation that drives like doctor doom he needs to conquer the world for the world's good mm-hmm. right yeah i did, i kind of i like the i like the idea behind
2: that as a villain i don't necessarily like it for ambison but i but as <laughs> like the way Ra- the way Ra- julia played it with such zeal and stuff like he really sold that idea to yeah me.
3: Yeah, um, ne- next thing I have on here, actually. is So when, when you're watching the movie, you might notice, like, a Good Morning Vietnam reference, the Good Morning Shadaloo. Yeah. Yep. And I did a little bit of research. Turns out the voice of that, the, a- the A-N-D-J on the radio, is the actual Adrian Kronauer, Huh. The guy that Robin Williams was playing in Good Morning Vietnam. Wow. So it just comes around full circle on that. He has a whole <laughs> bit in the credit sequence, too, yeah. where he's yeah. just doing some
2: jokes and stuff like that. And, you know... They're not funny, and it's really, it's like, it's, and, and then you're kind of like, you're confused why it's happening.
3: Because they had Adrian Cronauer, and they're like, just do yeah, things I stuff. guess. We paid you. <laughs> so you would keep that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a, I mean, not necessarily the after credits, like, riffing that he does. Sure, yeah. But just a little nod of, like, the good morning, shadow. I'm like, yeah, I get that one. <laughs> it didn't take anything away. I understand that reference. Yeah. I um, have
1: seen that other movie that you are talking about. A lot of the props looked like they came surplus from Vietnam films.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Um, and just my absolute favorite scene. I've tweeted about it twice now in in the like days since I've seen Street Fighter, twenty four oh five. The that's great news, General. Congratulations. On the contrary, I mourn. Okay, <laughs> he's just DJ is done. That is the point where he's like, okay, I'm leaving Bison. I'm cashing out at the end of this. I'm done. I tried. <laughs> it was great.
2: one of the few lines that actually got like a little giggle out of me. Yeah. Most of the humor in this movie is pretty flat, but that one was kind of, and I did, there was one line from Zangief that I liked as well. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's some yes. fun interplay between Zangief
1: and DJ. <laughs> this is true. When they're watching the, the, the truck about to crash into them, quick, change the channel. And I'm just like, that is great humor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, whoever they had, I don't recall the actor who they had playing Zangief, but he was a treasure. I don't have his
1: name, but he also played Lobo in a Lobo Christmas special. Ooh, I would wow, like to see
0: that, name. yeah. Yeah, he was he was well cast. He was funny, he looked he was perfect. exactly yeah. Zangief. Yeah. yeah. No, uh there there are some good casting decisions in this
3: movie and there are some
0: terrible casting decisions. In yes. This movie.
3: Yeah,
2: Ken. For instance. Yeah, yeah, what
3: what? Well, I I liked the Bucky Barnes vibe he had going on in the beginning and then he just got really sad and whiny <laughs> and
2: uh. Yeah. He didn't have the look of a martial artist then and uh to me, and I, I don't maybe that's due to like hair and makeup or or whatever, but I just didn't like I wasn't I wasn't buying that this guy could fight. Well, he, and Ken should look
0: like a surfer, not just like some like Yeah, he's like Wall a, Street yeah day trader or something yeah
2: yeah he's kind of like a young preppy dude right yeah. he's 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 overconfident and and that kind of stuff right is so he, you know i mean they got ken and, uh ryu completely wrong oh entirely yeah. oh yeah 100%. So, I mean,
1: that's my change yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah
0: i would keep almost nothing <laughs> so personally. so if we want to if we want to move on to stuff that we would cut, oh well. See,
2: it's funny that you say that because in my notes right here, when it, where it says cut, it says almost everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. Uh, I mean, aside from Raul Julia in in the Guile speech, there, there's not really much to like here. And I've watched this movie quite a few times, and I've actually had a good time watching it with friends where I'm watching it for, mm. like, a bad movie night, and you're riffing on it, and it's great. It is miserable
0: watching it by yourself. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not too bad, but I, I definitely agree that there's, like, there's there's nothing, with the exception of Raul Julia, there's nothing that's so good that it can't have been better. mm and that is kind of a damning thing to say about a movie because it is so mediocre at best yeah,
3: and kind of bad at worst.
0: yeah. But it's fun. I'll grant it that. It's a fun movie.
3: So you're saying you couldn't possibly improve on the scene where the Japanese AN trooper hacks into the security feed <laughs> and sees Zangief and E. Honda fighting in the model of Bisonopolis with 80-yard Godzilla noises on top somehow on the security feed. I, saying saying that, I didn't think that could be improved <laughs> Until then.
2: It's Almost like they, they they cast those two actors for that, or sorry, time. they introduced the premise of the, of the model
1: building. Yeah, they,
2: they're really just like it's just like a ham fisted way of like, we really want to get this Godzilla reference
1: in there. I also like when it went top top view of the uh, model, and it's like, of course, it's a skull with wings. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's his thing, that's his logo,
2: and it needs yeah, a bigger he, food court. It's got to be on
1: brand. Yeah, he's definitely on brand
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sell that. I'm going to be the leader of the ruler of the world. You've got to have some good branding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Good social media presence
3: as well. <laughs> yeah, that's And Bison. <laughs> In 1994. Yep. <laughs> Bison is just Geocities maybe? <laughs> yeah. 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 Bison he's just at all hotmail.com. over, he's all over <laughs> Geocities. <laughs> Bison
1: at Angel Fire.
0: Uh, on the uh, IRC channels. Anybody else got something for, that we
2: missed for uh, Keeps and Cuts?
1: We gonna- I think the, the Rao Julia definitely, when it started off, I'm like, ah, oh, this is goofy. But then he proved he was willing to, to give it everything. And I oh, think that's committed. why he's pro- Yeah. And as soon as I saw that freaky smile, I was like, that's my new Twitter profile picture. <laughs> and it probably will be that for a long time. <laughs> yeah.
3: Although I do have one more cut, and this is when they're when they're in the stealth boat, Guile pulls out like a micro VHS, loads it into the VCR that's in the military stealth boat, I, and watches a video of him <laughs> and Charlie and two random women having dinner. I did write and, down he was distracted driving, home movies, <laughs> and so. it, it raises so many questions. Like, who was filming? Why does he carry this around? <laughs> It, yeah, I mean, because, because in this movie, you never actually
2: see Charlie and Van Damme together. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, Right off the bat, uh, Charlie is essentially being turned into Blanca from the beginning. So yeah. not only do you not get to know who... Uh, Charlie is, you don't really understand the relationship between the two of them. Except that Van Damme keeps talking about, Charlie, I'm coming for you! <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: And is so willing to just ace him. <laughs> yeah. oh, you're weird now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're filled with DNA mutagen and you went green, I guess. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's where the movie um, got real dark for me. A yeah. slight f- like, kool Because like, everything else is so... Uh, popcorny and and goofy and and like the like it feels like it feels like if something that violent happened in the middle of the Minions movie,
3: yeah, or yeah. <laughs>
2: just like grew like well, pointed a gun at one of the Minions, i probably
0: <laughs> <see> one. <laughs> and it's not even yeah. just that part of that scene because it gets it takes a real dark turn when he's like, yeah, I'm gonna kill you to put you out of your misery, your quote unquote misery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to go take out Bison. And then Dr. Dalzim shows up and he's like, what right do you have to judge this man's life? And it turns into this whole like philosophical discussion between good and evil. And it's like, this has yeah, no belong. place in yeah. this movie.
3: <laughs> And, like, you, we don't even need Blanca in the first place, because in the video games, Charlie is Charlie Nash. They're, like, Carlos Blanca has no relation to Guile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. They just shoveled it in for, I guess, emotional attachment? He was
1: still Brazilian. Yeah. Kept that. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm gonna warn you.
2: In my changes, I have way more Blancas. <laughs> so, so, you may not like what I'm gonna do to this movie. He's
3: gonna add more blankets. <laughs> yeah, they could. They could have at least cast like Lou Ferrigno or someone as Blanca oh, instead oh. of just like this weird lumpy green thing. you could,
0: rather than just go all out on the makeup on a person as well, you could have just had a separate actor playing Blanca after he's been mutated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Rather than just like a weird muscly suited, painted green guy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, they didn't. They didn't have a lot of money. It's no, like they, after they hired Raul Julia and Jean Claude Van Damme, yeah, they, they really did didn't not have a lot. Of money. And true.
1: it's like they took a clown wig and straightened it. <laughs> <That> bright red. <laughs> I
3: mean, he looks real weird. He looks real weird. You guys.
2: Uh, well, I would, I would, <laughs> I would suggest that any version of Blanco would probably look real weird if you saw him in real life. <laughs> Big green dude with big big shock of red hair. I kind of want to see
0: a comic now of like Blanca just like living in New York, going out for coffee, trying to going to a job interview, <laughs> and he's just and like he, green he, with bright orange hair in a suit, accidentally electrocuting like the guy yeah. the barista. That's <laughs> probably on Darkly or something. I would. I want to mm-hmm. see that. If if that comic does not exist, whoever's listening to this podcast, make that happen. <laughs>
3: Oh, I, I do have one more thing. Sorry for taking over the whole podcast right now. But uh, uh, so after Guile fakes his death and then Chun-Li goes into the morgue to like track down the other mm-hmm. tracing signal, he's laying there under a sheet perfectly still, not dead, and then waits until she's like done finding what she came there to find and then like just sits up and looks at her. It's like, what were you doing? Yeah. yeah. You clearly weren't sleeping. You were just waiting for someone to walk in. I'm going to have this. Under sat- a sheet? Weren't, you,
0: weren't you shot and carried off like three hours ago? Yeah. yeah. I'm going
3: to put this
1: satellite tracker in the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And See, then the is- blood packs didn't even line up. They were across the middle of his abdomen when <laughs> yeah. all the shots were like on his kidney. <laughs>
2: This is exactly why me and Col- or uh, me and uh, uh, Scott are like, well, we should just cut everything because
1: <laughs> yeah. because
2: we could do this all night. We could just uh, pick everything that doesn't make sense <laughs> or is ridiculous. The- this should be called unearned the movie because just what <laughs> everything that happens in this movie is completely unearned. I mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. They set stuff up and then immediately solve it. Yeah. There's very little foreshadowing. Yeah. Of anything. Nope. Uh, most of the characters don't really have an arc,
2: and in, in in Guile's death, like his because the movie tries to fake you out that he's dead, right? That like you don't even you don't even you, you haven't don't even care. spent enough time with Guile to even know wh- who he
3: is or why you should care if he dies. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, in, it's pretty yeah. telegraphed too. Like first time watching, I'm like, okay, so yeah, they're in on it. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> um, let's take a,
0: a quick break. Wrap our heads around the. Uh, major task we have coming up for the second half of the podcast where we try to fix this mess. We'll, uh, we'll be right back after these commercial messages. ATB Financial is pretty great, Greg. They do a lot of stuff for the community, including ATB Hockey. They sponsor hockey all the way from Tom Thumb and Pee Wee to the pros. They also love helping local volunteers whose tireless efforts often make hockey possible in their communities. So big shout out to ATB Hockey. And uh, just all the great stuff that ATB does, like supporting podcasts, like us, like, like us. ours, and, and like our guests. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. So uh, once again, we are joined by uh, Alan and uh, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast. Hello, and we are doing Street Fighter. And uh, I, I was told that there was some dark math that was
3: done behind the scenes.
1: Oh yeah, uh, the whole motivation of the uh, ransom for ten
3: billion dollars. 20, 20 20 billion 20. I I figured it out cuz 20 billion dollars in 1994 is a lot. <laughs> so, speaking of not a lot.
1: The pit is full of hostages and he's mm-hmm. asking for 20 billion dollars. So in 2011, the EPA valued a human <laughs> oh, life no. at 9.1 million dollars. And I counted 38 hostages in that pit, making the actual value of that pit 345.8
3: million. Well, you're not paying for the hostages. You're paying for all the manpower that goes into capturing the hostages, all the upkeep of the <laughs> hostage pit itself. Round it up to
1: <laughs> $750 million, then. Yeah, this is There's value add
2: in these hostages.
0: We well, also don't know how important these hostages are. Like, are we talking like the daughters of heads of state? They looked like
1: aid workers.
0: They were mostly aid yeah, workers. So. But- and
1: so, if Guile let them talk and learned
3: who was there, they
1: probably could have devalued it and been like, we'll give you one billion.
3: May Because Bison is the kind of guy who is completely reasonable and will definitely negotiate his terms that he has given you, where he is going to kill a pit of human beings if you don't give it.
2: Well it's, yeah. well that's how you negotiate you, you, know you, he's you reason- ask for the big the thing that you want. He really wanted what eight billion? Was it five billion? <laughs> Whatever $20 dollars. He's
1: reasonable <laughs> yeah, and he's, practical. Because when he has Blanca's cage pop up, he also has a sword fence to guide Blanca to the pit pop up.
3: Yes, reasonable and practical are words I would use for a man that has a sword fence yes. to contain his <laughs> radioactive ravaging beast.
1: And we all know when you try to sell something, you start high, yep. higher than you're wanting, so they can haggle you down. It They did not do business. No.
0: And, like, <laughs> the Allied Nations folds real easy to his demands. This is true. Like that Weasley little bureaucrat shows up and he's just like, yep, I've got a briefcase with $20 billion. We're just going to pay him off of the aid. Did the, did, did the world's economy even
2: have that much money in it at that point? Or I,
3: <laughs> I, I, I did do some quick, cause they're like, uh,
2: they're, they're they, the Weasley guy was just like, nah, we're just going to pay him. Yeah. Like,
3: it's just like, nah, we're nah, just going to pay him. We'll just pay him off. I did do some quick math. Apparently in $2018, dollars, that's only about $32 billion. Which I think is a is like a reasonable ish number, considering I think Apple has like more than that much in cash reserves. I was gonna say, is that how much the guy that owns Amazon has?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that's his walking around money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But maybe I'm just bad at math or bad at bad at understanding how much money actually exists in the world.
3: All right, so uh... oh, actually, also he did not specify a currency. It could be uh, like 20 billion yeah. rubles. <laughs>
0: 20 billion uh, francs. Yeah, how about which is a-
3: just Yeah, like the currency that we're stuffing houses full of for insulation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. the pesos you can eat.
1: Yeah,
0: Certainly implied he's talking American dollars, but... This is true. You could just pay him back in bison bucks. <laughs> yeah. Or Chuck E. Cheese money.
3: Worth five English pounds each. <laughs> as
0: soon as he's kidnapped the queen. Yes. <laughs> and that will certainly work
2: so what happens, what does happen in that scenario? So like he kidnaps the queen, uh-huh. then they raise the price of his bison bucks.
1: That's Does the he then right.
2: return the queen or does he have to keep the queen in perpetuity in well, order to keep One would presume he would
0: have to keep the queen in perpetuity <laughs> to keep the value up. Because if they, if he gave her back, they'd just be like, oh, bison bucks are worthless again. Yeah.
1: Market crashed, oh no. And
0: then he just goes and kidnaps he her again.
1: The prince. Yeah. <laughs> or then he could
3: throw all the tea into the the bay or something yeah and he gets mad or he kidnaps the queen and marries her and becomes the king of england uh,
0: that's a better Rules plan. two countries yeah. i mean
3: effectively that was what dracula was planning so
0: well he was
2: mm. after for world domination so i suppose somewhere in there that was probably part of his plan
1: yeah just horizontally this time. <laughs> <laughs> literally
0: so already we're changing bison's plan so this is a good segue <laughs> uh into other changes we would make in the film so uh before we get to Greg, who was basically rewriting the whole movie from the ground up,
1: uh, do you guys have any any significant changes you would like to bring? I've I enjoyed the movie. I found it really fun, and the best way to change it is you cut Blanca and Dulce yes. gone out, agreed, unnecessary. And the best thing you could do is change Canon and Ryu's motivation, so you don't make them hustlers. You have them as, like, warriors that just completed tra- training, so they're traveling through this country. And then that's when they come across the destruction Bison has left. They help the a village or whatever, and then they vow to go s- stop this guy from doing anymore. And then that's sort of, when they're coming in, Giles coming from the other side, and it has Bison's fortresses, forces, like, unfocused. And then that's when they sort of meet and join powers in the middle to uh, bring down Bison.
0: That's already a better idea. <laughs> yeah. Than what was put on what's uh, Ken and
2: Ryu's journey? Uh, then, like their motivations, so to speak. Like is it is it literally just uh, saving uh, the I guess shadowloo City or whatever? Or it could just be uh, like oppressed or they or do the physical, they have like an arc like a personal arc? Yeah, game. like they
1: finished their physical training and mm-hmm. now they're on for their spiritual. So they're like ah, we're going to help see. people, so and so if they can do it with their fists, sure you can. Well, there's also <laughs> sure. fists can be spiritual.
0: There's um, you could even tweak that a little and make it so that if Bison is this renowned warrior, mm. they might be seeking out like the most powerful warrior they can to challenge him, and then mm-hmm. they can have
1: their gee from the beginning.
0: Exactly, because <laughs> they're a couple of martial artists looking to beat up the best martial artist they know, and that's M Bison with his with his uh, hover train powers.
1: In the most yeah. predictable flight path ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like,
3: hey, Guile, why don't you just like step to the side, hold out your arm, clothesline him? He was way too
0: <laughs> shocked at what was happening. He was not thinking. The straight. third time, it was like it was like. Well, to
2: be fair, if I saw Raul the... Julia flying fist first at me. I would be pretty stunned as well. Yeah. I was no. most
1: shocked when Guile was able to drive a tank with missile warheads through a wall, <laughs> warheads first. Yep, <laughs> you're under arrest. And they put their also, hands up. It's like, leave. What authority <laughs> does he have
0: to arrest a bunch of people in a foreign
3: country? Like, that's not his jurisdiction. It's the
1: Allied Nations. Yeah, It's yeah, the, still not his jurisdiction. The, the
3: UN also cannot go into another country and start arresting people without, like, proper warrants. And United, not ally, uh, Allied. Well, ooh, side note, did,
2: uh, do you know why he had that tank? No, uh, because the the Capcom was partnering with Hasbro. Oh,
3: and they wanted they, merchandise. They, uh,
2: yes, and they and Hasbro at the time G.I. Joe was sinking, and they wanted to find a way of sort of renewing their uh, G.I. Joe line, and and they fell on this Street Fighter movie as the <laughs> way to do it. So Hasbro wanted like tanks and, and the and the uh, and, stealth boats army guys and, boats yeah that kind of stuff
3: so that and, and that's why guys. it has his name on the side for the merchandise and, that's and exactly, also yeah. radar doesn't work
1: the way they think it works no, neither <laughs> yeah. neither does stealth really
3: yeah uh,
0: I've well, been thinking more on that his name on the side of the boat and the more I've thought about it the more I think that that's just because they all have their own stealth boats and oh. he needed to know which one was his. <laughs>
3: But how can he find his? If it's, <laughs> he gets, if it's invisible. He gets
2: into another person's boat and they don't have the seat Oh, God. Set this was, right this and was and Charlie's the... stealth
3: boat. Oh, God. It's his custom stealth boat with the VHS
1: deck. Oh, yeah. uh, there you go. He just gets yeah. in someone else's boat. These aren't my home movies. How am I supposed to start a battle? <laughs> <laughs> how am I supposed to get pumped up? <laughs>
0: oh. Way too much fun about the stealth boats. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so that's... That's a solid change overall. Uh, You said that you had a good idea that would
3: just have changed everything. Yeah. So, completely, like, we can ignore or shift around Ryu and Ken, don't care about them. Make the movie about Chun-Li. Because there's a Mm. lot about Chun-Li's backstory, a lot about the journey she she takes to get to M. Bison that in the existing movie is so chopped up, so inconsistent, where it's like, okay, she's in a black hoodie running away from the A.N., and then suddenly she and her crew are performing in M. Bison Circus somehow. And then they blow up stuff. And then she's captured, she's in her black hoodie again, and then she's in a Chinese slave girl outfit for M. Bison with her hair done up. And it's like, where's the between parts? (laughs) What, what, like, show her the village... Um, being raised motivation, show her training and trying to get there and her coming after M. Bison. I, I think mean, that could be a much well, better Well, I movie. believe that someone at Capcom
2: agreed with you because they did try and do that it, eventually. Yeah,
0: the bad news is they did try to
2: make that movie and it was terrible. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I believe they made it with um,
3: um, the lady from Smallville, right?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, that's the problem. You need Ming-Na Wen for that and then bring well, yeah. her all the way through. And Ming-Na Wen is
0: absolutely capable of carrying this movie. Yeah. Because she is a phenomenal actress. She's good with the action. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, even baby version of her in this movie from (laughs) 20 years ago is is showing that she's got the chops to carry this. And I I would agree. I think it would have been more interesting to have her as our
3: focus character through the whole thing and then have Guile and Ken and Ryu join up with her. I'd even argue Ken and Ryu are almost just superfluous. Have her join up with Guile... With, with the whole same reporter military thing but then her motivations actually come out during the attack and it's kind of like what Josh said where the two forces meet up except in this case it's Chun-Li and Balrog and Honda or whoever she has for her crew hitting up with, with the military and then going after M. Bison. Like why, why have Ken and Ryu there at all? Because they're two main characters from the game. <laughs> See,
2: Capcom, Capcom didn't seem to care too much about that. I certainly did. Like when I was a kid, like that was the thing that bugged me the most about the movie. I was just like, why is Guile the main character?
3: Because JCVD. I guess. Partly. Uh, because I mean, DeSouza really, wanted I mean, to make his, wanted to if make his, his spy make an, war movie.
2: If they're going to yeah. make a Belgian and American, they could have
0: just as easily made him Ken. Well, they, they did bleach his hair though. So that's something. Yeah. <laughs> no de souza wanted to make his uh war spy movie and so n- d- the natural fit for the main character well, for that presumably
2: there would be other properties if you wanted to make a war movie you could have made something out of like metal gear solid or, oh my goodness or, or bionic commando that.
3: or or something Jean claude van damme as solid snake i would deal with it
2: <laughs> like this seems to happen a lot in hollywood where like they 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 There's an idea to make a property, and then they get a director who wants to do a movie that has nothing to do with the property. Mm-hmm. But they just give them the property anyway, and they're just like, God, just go do what you want. Just do your movie, but just call it Street Fighter. It doesn't matter. That is true.
0: Hollywood doesn't get video games.
2: <laughs> no. I mean, clearly they don't, because they've made a shitload of bad video game movies.
0: Certainly the bulk of them are,
2: terrible. Max Payne yes.
1: was a nightmare. Oh, my goodness.
2: Is that the, That's with... There's angels in it!
1: Uh, <laughs> what?
3: That's with Marky Mark, right? I think, I think Max so, yeah. yeah. I think it's the one. <laughs> my dad liked it. I'm just like, I, I can't. How about anything by Uwe Boll? <laughs> Is it Uwe or Uwe? I'm pretty sure it's Uwe. Okay. Fight
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> Fight him over the pronunciation yeah. of his name?
0: What did you have, Scott? What did you want to change? Oh, I wanted to change basically everything. Eh, that's that's fair. But you actually came up with like a full <laughs> well I list tried. of stuff. So
2: I was I was writing a whole. I started I started thinking about changes, and then I started just going on like a, I basically wrote the first two acts of a, an entirely different movie. Uh, that hey, guess what? Stars were <laughs> you and Ken. <laughs> I was trying to think of like ways of like salvaging at least bits and pieces. Of this current movie. Like, I don't really like the idea that Ken and Ryu are are mercenaries or, or gunrunners you know, or, or whatever. Sustlers. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. But for the purposes of, like, trying to, like, at least salvage some of what D'Souza did, I kept that part there. You know, Ken and Ryu are sort of just outlaws that are... They're, you Know inside Shadowloo city, uh, it's a you know, it's a seedy city. You know, what I'd like to get more of like an idea of what Shadow, like, Shadowloo is about, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I kind of envisioned it as this sort of like weird little nation state or like city state that's just sort of like somewhere in the corner of South Asia or something, or maybe near
1: Thailand or so. Something they just like make Africa. a new island so no one can be offended, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's, that's
2: sort of the thing is like you don't want to make it, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to get offensive about it, but um. Uh, they're they're sort of like they're sort of um, involved in like a in, uh, a fighting sort of underground fighting ring. Uh, Not sort of like how they're making their money, but they're also on the side also weapons dealers and they're uh, they're sort of uh, the my idea idea is like this is how they sort of like meet Guile right. So they're they're part of like this this fighting ring that's sort of loosely connected to uh, M Bison's Shadowloo Uh, and, uh, Guile infiltrates this little shadow, this little fighting ring to meet Ken and Ryu because he wants to recruit them because Ambison has this sort of, like, next level fighting ring that goes on inside his palace, right? And they know this. Uh, um, that's kind of how I try, I'm trying to, like, I was trying to find ways of... Keeping some of the elements, so, sort of keeping Bison the same, where he's just sort of like this big megalomaniacal person who wants to build his own city. So that's why I'm making this like sort of like a nation state. Mm-hmm. Um, after after uh, Guile recruits uh, Kanaraju, they they go into the uh, this palace, and they're they quickly discover that you know uh, Bison is like. Uh, a real crazy fucker, <laughs> you know. He's you know he he's he's um, he basically has this fighting ring so that he can prove that he's the toughest, okay. right? So he's you know he he wants to find the best fighters. He's sort of like a like a, like it might be a duality of purpose. Like it could either be he wants to be the 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 biggest badass ever and fight all the toughest people and prove his how how um, strong he is, or we can do. The thing I was talking about earlier, which is like a million blankets, right? Yeah, so he's either that or he's he's fine, he's finding all these fighters, uh, because he wants to create like this crazy super army. And like, I kind of went with the super army idea, so like, he you know, once Ken and Ryu get into this thing and they infiltrate it, and they're basically trying to find out what Bison is really truly up to, and that's like if they if they if they find out what Bison's up to, they can go back to Guile, and then they basically win their freedom, because Guile's arrested them. You know, he basically uh, threatens their freedom if they don't do what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the palace that they meet Chung Li. Uh, Chung Li is there, sort of... Uh, she's sort of like the altruistic character. You know, she's there to, to get a v- revenge for her father. She infiltrated already. Yeah, she's already infiltrated it. They They when they're sneaking around the palace, they see her also sneaking around the palace and then she leads them to like this room full of tubes just full of uh, uh blancas everywhere.
1: And that's about as far as I got. <laughs> it, it sounds like a blend of Mortal Kombat and the Pokemon first movie. Yeah, I just It sounds I, really good. I've watched that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying those are the two things I was thinking of and I like it.
2: <laughs> I also I, I like the I uh I kinda I kinda wanted um um bison to sort of like kill one of the main uh Street Fighter characters, to like Feilong or something like that. Yeah, just uh I even thought about like maybe he kills he kills Chung Li. Oh.
1: Like now,
3: Balrog I don't know. <laughs> or kill Ken and get Ryu to like really amp sure. up and possibly yeah. go dark side. Yeah. Yeah. That was really way and if and if, mm-hmm.
0: if uh Ryu and Ken are our main characters and we've been following them through the movie up until this point, having Bison kill one of them has like as you said, it's it's an earned moment. It has some mm-hmm. weight. Yeah. 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 Plus I mean people would
3: just be shocked, oh my god, they killed Ken. Ooh, ooh, how about, okay, so, Bison kills Ken, that makes Ryu, like, basically go crazy, because I'm pretty sure Dark Ryu is a thing they've yep. established in the games. Not at that time, but no. certainly now. Yeah, right? but then, and then, so, Ryu goes crazy, and he either kills or almost kills Bison, snaps back to normal, and then has to live with that, realizing that there's that, that kind of, like, rage and conflict inside of him, when he doesn't actually want to kill, like, his training isn't about killing, it's about... That could be that would work, that,
2: that works. I think that might work better in um, in your version, where mm. you mm-hmm. work, because he's a peaceful character at the start in his version, right? So then he and then he has to deal with his darker side, whereas whereas this version he's a dark character, but he he becomes better, like a better person. True, right? good point. So this is sort of like because I'm tr- I'm following what they are trying to do is they like in in the in the in the Street Fighter movie they made Ken and Ryu a couple of bad guys yeah. for reasons and you know then they tried to make them better people at the
0: end of it. Uh, plus in the in your version then Bison doesn't die at the end. So I mean number 1 that means Sequel. that well, not just sequel, but it means it. It means that he is humiliated rather than killed, which is almost yeah. worse. Which is for Bison certainly almost worse. And uh, if you do make a successful movie and have a sequel afterwards, Bison is still kicking around. Yeah, he might not be the main villain of the second yeah. movie, but he could be a presence.
2: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I started the an, an idea
2: that like um, Charlie. Charlie was involved in these fighting rings and he tried to infiltrate bison's big oh. c- cool fighting ring so that's why he's there and then they they actually find like Ken and Ryu find Charlie in the, in in the uh, in like he like, I had that I had this idea that, like okay the first, they find one tube and Charlie's in it right mm-hmm. and then and then they open and they open up another room and then it's just like a huge hallway full of tubes just Full of super soldiers waiting to be released, and that's when they get this idea of like, holy shit, this guy is trying to start a war, he's raising an army, or whatever it's asked, sort mm-hmm. of like. What raises the stakes, and that's sort of what turns Ken and Ryu into good guys because they start to understand like what's at stake, you know.
0: I like it, yeah, yeah, that's a better movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus it keeps the actual street fighting. Yeah, because
2: <laughs> yeah, Like it's like, like you can have like I like in the middle of, like when they're when they're trying to get into when they're trying to get into like this uh, the bison's fighting ring you can have like this montage of of Ken and Ryu beating up people and there that's where you can fit all the characters in.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, you can get your them. cameos yeah, in there instead get, of just like, yeah, you naming can get
2: people. and T Hawk and uh, all the other guys in there and Dan
0: Hibiki yeah, <laughs> yeah. being, yeah. being glass jode in the first round who again
2: was not a character at the time of this yeah, movie. No, that's fine. <laughs>
0: But in our version,
2: sure, why not? Yeah. Sure, why not?
0: Yeah. No, that's. Uh, I think we've got some good changes, and I think we've made uh, strides towards making a better movie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I feel like we start got to start getting paid for this from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, from our comfortable <laughs> it's armchairs. That I'm just putting all all these great ideas <laughs> out there into the ether from our comfortable armchairs, up.
0: doing a better job, smugly doing a better job than uh, paid Hollywood writers.
2: No, I would be the worst screenwriter.
3: I'm just, I'm just a wannabe screenwriter.
0: <laughs> well, um, in addition to uh, our notes, we, of course, always invite our listeners to take part in the, uh, in the note-having process. Uh, and uh, you can, too, if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we obviously will tell you what movies are coming up so that you can uh, join in the conversation and get your notes read on the show. And we indeed have a few notes for Street Fighter because everybody's got... A few feelings about this movie If they've seen it uh, friend of the show Mark Jowett Says I think all you need to do Is sort of replace everything Except Raul Julia <laughs> With something better And I think yeah. that uh, that's We pretty much agree with that We could have yeah. just, just Made the podcast Just that one singular line <laughs> Really we've spent an hour Circling that At <laughs> yeah. uh, Darvin111 says This was Raul Julia's Finest performance And I vehemently disagree He will He is and always will be My Gomez Adams Yeah that yeah. is his finest performance. That is true.
1: <laughs> when he's just defeated eating that cereal, like, wow. So good. He's so good
0: in those movies. Both of those movies.
1: Yeah. Like, he's just fantastic. Is it wrong that I haven't seen any of them? Oh, no. You need to get on that. Movies are out there, and you'll get to them when you get to them. Yeah, you,
0: but you do need to get on that one, because Adam's Family and Adam's Family values are both pretty good. Getting mixed messages. Feeling like anywhere. I'm getting a
2: lot of pressure from this side of the table, not as much <laughs> from that side.
0: Uh, but yeah, he definitely is good as Bison. Uh, certainly the best part of this movie but uh, that's because unlike the other major star he was not coked out of his mind mm-hmm. uh, at flicks x-raid says my favorite part of this is how the uh how they incorporate the arcade panel into Bison's submarine? Yeah,
3: I have a picture of it. I, I forgot I would, to mention. It. I wouldn't say incorporate so much as jammed into, and that's how he releases the sea mines, I guess. Yeah, just by yeah. jamming all the buttons with <laughs> yeah. his hand too. How
2: bad was that sequence? Holy shit! That's man. not how sea mines work. <laughs> he's just like he's sitting there like moving his hands around as quick as possible, doing all these things, and then like and then you, it cuts to the mine and yeah. it goes.
3: Bloop. Changes releases like so that's one button. What are the other ones doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did a lot of inputs to release that one mine. That seems like that's inefficient. It's like a Mortal Kombat finisher to do one mine. <laughs> With our listener comments having been added in,
0: uh, I think that we've uh, we've come to the end of as much as we could do without uh, like serious reworking on this movie. <laughs> without like just getting into an editing bay and and doing some script work and just. Yeah, like, this, this, uh,
2: this, this ju- is ju- really a case ju- of, like, a page one rewrite. I yeah.
0: Think. Oftentimes with these movies, we're we're just tightening the screws or making yeah. a few changes. This is one of those movies that really... Yeah, I feel like we bit off a little bit more than we
3: can needed, chew with this needed guy. ...needed
0: the, <laughs> the, whole, the whole overhaul. It needed the full deal. It needs to be a different movie. Basically, yes. Yeah. And uh, not that Chun-Li movie, for the record. So, <laughs> not that it's a bad idea. It was just very poorly executed. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. So, uh, you guys... I'm told to have a podcast. Would you like to talk about it for a moment?
3: Sure. We are uh, pressed start to join. We've got a weekly kind of current events, geek gaming and anything we feel like talking about news. And then we have uh, monthly gaming history episodes where Josh just goes on a huge research tear and educates me on the history of... We've done Mortal Kombat, Super Mario, Zelda... It's some um, uh, some pretty cool stuff he comes up with, and I presume Street Fighter is now on the docket after
1: this. Movie. It could be. I've actually uh, started a because se- Alan doesn't know what the episode's going to be until we record, and I so his reaction in the beginning is a, a cold reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I have a list of what I want to do this year, and uh, it, might, it might it might make it on the list now.
2: I didn't. I enjoyed your uh, your rundown of uh, Mario. Yeah, you caught me. Uh, it I was, I I was upset boot. that you missed the Goomba boot, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> the kuribo boot. Yep, kuribo's boot. Kuribo's boot. Is that the, yeah, the what official name?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: Why isn't there's a Goomba in it? Why is it not just the Goomba boot? Because then Mario goes in it, and then it's not a Goomba boot anymore. It's a Mario boot. <laughs> 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 and then I didn't
1: even touch the Mario Karts, Mario Paint. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's, there's so much, much of to, the core so franchise. Much. It's Mario Tennis. <laughs> yeah, there's a new Mario <laughs> I was, Tennis. I was quite good in. at that too. Actually, and in my day. we're even giving a a, a little podcast. Of a, I'm doing with my sister a test drive by having it show up in the middle of a month. And it's a the sibling rivalry review where she picked a movie, I have to review it. Then we talk about it. Oh, yeah. And now I'm picking a movie, and she'll have to review it, and then we talk about it. Cool.
0: Sounds fun. So definitely check those out, uh, and definitely continue to check us
3: out as well. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to check us out, uh, we're PS2J show everywhere, including uh, social media and .com. Oh, thanks. That's important. <laughs> yeah. 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 The
0: web address is always, always important. And, of course, you can be uh, heard on all of the podcast providers, I presume. Yeah. Oh, wherever ever, wherever ever fine we're... podcasts are consumed. And
1: find us and our other friends at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Which, Which is is we are going to do an ad
0: read
2: for right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, we are, of course member of the Alberta Podcast Network and uh, amongst the other fine members of our network is uh, the Fourth Line Podcast. They uh, may not have a lot of finesse, but the team at the Fourth Line Podcast gives it 110% grinding out their thoughts on NHL hockey. You can sign an entry level deal with them right now at thefourthlinepodcast.com. And of course, you can hear them wherever you can find Alberta Podcast Network podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, at Instagram. We are at I have some notes. Uh, if you like the show you'll want to give us a rating and a reviewing on iTunes that's uh, definitely something that helps us out please 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 please, please. um (laughs) and uh our show and uh press start to join and all of the other podcast network shows are available at G Radio you can find it at gradio.ca you can also find our episodes on the CKUA radio app download it from the Apple App Store and uh and that's it. That's pretty much Another it. Another one in the can. We have we have Shore Yukind and Hadouken this movie to pieces. <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll see you next time.
2: Keep watching the sky.